The Hamlet Podcast, episode 140. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanrity. Picking up right where we left off last time, Claudius has just received a letter from Hamlet and has dismissed everyone but Laertes, and now he reads the letter. High and mighty, you shall know I am set naked on your kingdom. Tomorrow shall I beg leave to see your kingly eyes, when I shall, first asking your pardon thereunto, recount the occasion of my sudden and more strange return. Hamlet We have already spent enough time in the play with Hamlet that we can hear the provocation in the way that Hamlet addresses Claudius. The phrase high and mighty still has negative connotations of arrogance that is unfounded. This is one of its earliest uses, if not the actual origin of the phrase. Hamlet knows that Claudius will have heard the news by now. You know that I am set naked on your kingdom. This may seem like a peculiar image, but I don't think we're supposed to imagine that Hamlet has crawled out of the sea onto a Danish beach without any clothes. This isn't the birth of Venus or James Bond, indeed. He just means that he's here without an army. Without, indeed, everyone else that was on that ship. Tomorrow, Hamlet wants to see Claudius. He begs leave to see his kingly eyes. A face-to-face meeting. Hamlet is being quite forthcoming. In contrast with his aggravating behaviour after the mousetrap and the death of Polonius, now he's quite prepared to meet Claudius almost immediately and recount the occasion of his sudden and more strange return. Claudius, of all people, will be wanting to know why a man he sent away to be executed, albeit in secret, has now returned, and rather loudly, it seems. It's interesting that Hamlet calls it your kingdom. Even though it's written in prose, Shakespeare fills it with antithesis. We've been trained to listen to Hamlet's brilliant language by now, and it struck me as I read this little segment out loud that all I could hear was this balance between I and you throughout. I this, you that. But also I, king, I, king. And then he signs off. Hamlet. Claudius is understandably confused. What should this mean? Are all the rest come back, or is it some abuse and no such thing? What can this mean, he's asking, and more tellingly, he wonders what happened to whatever henchmen he sent along, not to mention Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Or, he wonders, is this letter some abuse, some kind of a trick or a trap, and none of it is real, no such thing? Laertes tries to help, asking if he recognises the handwriting. Know you the hand? Tis Hamlet's character. Claudius knows his nephew well enough to recognise his penmanship, so there's no reason to doubt that this came from Hamlet. The king is really quite rattled that Hamlet has shown up without any of the others. He continues, Naked. And in a postscript here he says, Alone. Can you advise me? A convenient little postscript that Hamlet is assuring Claudius that he really doesn't have anyone with him. He is alone. That the people he dispatched on that boat are no longer a concern. Hamlet is, it seems, more of a threat than Claudius thought. So he asks Laertes if he has any insight. I'm lost in it, my lord. But let him come, 
It warms the very sickness in my heart that I shall live and tell him to his teeth, thus diest thou. Laertes doesn't have much insight to offer. I'm lost in it, my lord. But he's not troubled by Hamlet's return in quite the same way. If anything, he's excited, eager for the prospect of his revenge. Let him come, he says. It warms the very sickness of his heart that he will live at least long enough to tell him, Hamlet, to his face, or interestingly, to his teeth, thus diest thou. Now, some editors suggest, he says, thus didst thou, as though Laertes just wants the opportunity to point out that Hamlet killed his father to his face. I think in this play that is all about avenging parental murders, surely what he's saying here is that he wants to be looking Hamlet dead in the eye as he says, you are dying for what you did to my father. There's a grim irony to all of this. Whatever sickness is in his heart is going to get a lot worse by the end of this scene indeed, and fate may not be kind enough to let Laertes live long enough to see Hamlet die. Meanwhile, Claudius has been thinking. He has to assume that he's lost whatever men were with Hamlet at sea, and since he has a very willing new foot-soldier in front of him, who is also motivated, he turns from assuaging to recruiting. If it be so, Laertes, and how should it be so, how otherwise, will you be ruled by me? If all this is the case, if this is how you're feeling, and honestly, how could you be feeling anything else, will you work with me? Will you be ruled by me? Laertes answers quickly enough to complete the line of verse. I, my lord, so you will not o'er-rule me to a piece. Yes, my lord, he says, so long as you don't overrule my passion for revenge and lead me to some kind of peace with Hamlet, so you will not o'er-rule me to a peace. Laertes wants a fight to the death. This language of ruling and overruling will continue through this ever-darkening scene, but we'll leave it there and continue in the next episode. Be sure to check out the website, thehamletpodcast.com, for show notes and the full text we discuss in every episode. I finally figured out how to add a search function to the site, since by now there's rather an amount of material to get through. Hopefully things will be easier to find as a result. Have a little look if you're feeling so inclined. As ever, thank you for tuning in, and I'll speak to you next time.